With us today is Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa. This is Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. You can find Lisa at lalife, L-A-H-life.com. You can also find her here. Hello, Lisa. Hello there. All right. So you have okay. a very, uh, I would say, timely topic. <laughs> Slightly timely. Yeah. Kill that cold. That's the name of my topic today. Kill that cold. And the reason we're going to talk about killing that cold is because I recently got a cold. Now, for me, this is news. This is headline banner news because I am pretty careful about washing my hands. And if I'm, you know, see somebody sneezing, I'm very, I'm not neurotic about it, I would say, compared to some of the people in my family (laughs) or around me, but I'm, I'm, I'm cautious. And and I do all manner, as we know, of practices to keep my immune system in as good a shape as I can. Um, so, you know, I'm just obviously very mindful of keeping the stressors to a minimum, which, of course, is how this is related to strategies for dealing with stress, because cold is the ultimate stress on your system. So here's what happened. I'm just using myself as the, you know, the laboratory of my own experience to share with you people. So I traveled a lot this last month. So not only was I exposed to a lot of different sort of pathogens on long-term airplane rides, but, you know, that's a factor. Um, I was in different time zones, which, as we've discussed, you know, fools with the circadian rhythms. It makes your body have to work and use a lot of energy to re-regulate itself. So that's some of the energy in your body that's going away from keeping your healthy immune system and towards another active thing that it's got to do for you. I had a sick child who was sleeping in bed with me because she was really not feeling good and had a fever and a very bad cold for about two weeks. I think we could all safely assume that that's where I got this, but she's deeply insulted when I say, I got my cold from blah. I won't say that, but I will say it's obviously another major factor. So I didn't sleep quite as much. So there I was fighting some jet lag, so very big shift in my daily routine and being exposed to a pathogen. And then I went to get a flu shot. Now, we're not going to talk about flu shots here. I, I am of definitely, I mean, we can talk a little bit about them. I am of two minds about flu shots, but my doctors, every single one of them, including my some of my favorite sort of more holistically integrative-minded ones, say, get the flu shot. I know. And what's absolutely fascinating is, to me, that's so much like a headline, a banner headline I just saw on uh, TV out of the corner of my eye this morning, which is just as, as total news flash. speaking of banner headlines, that... Uh, a lot of these very popular diets don't uh, help you keep the weight off when <laughs> a few <laughs> weeks on. But the bigger problem um, or the bigger issue, let's just say, is that every time I have gone for a flu shot, I have gotten sick. And I cannot get – I all I would like is a, a doctor to just say, yes, there's a 1% possibility, but that far no, outweighs – you know what? Here's the deal. And I I thought a lot about it because whatever I was going with this was to say, so I got the flu shot and uh, let's see, I got flu shot on a Friday and I got 
the following Tuesday night, I thought, uh-oh, I feel that cold a-coming. And when I woke up Wednesday morning, full on. So let me talk first about the flu shot business, and then we'll talk about what I went on this like rampaging war against the, the virus. Um, and I think I kind of won. You know, three days later, I was feeling like, oh, okay, I barely had the symptoms of the cold. So we'll talk about that in a minute because most colds last 10 days. They do? Seven to 10. And the old wives' tale is they take three to come, three full on, three to go. My, my, my friend's father, the doctor, said cold will last seven days or one week. Well, you know, there you go. Yeah. Depends how you define it, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> um, in any case, the flu shot. So, you know, my, my real theory about it, first of all, I always get the preservative-free one, which then, of course, I think... Hmm, preservative-free. That means what? That it's gone bad in the vial and I'm going to get the call that they've recalled that batch? <laughs> you know, so I have all those neurotic thoughts. But the, but the flu shot itself, think about, I mean, from a holistic point of view, here's the rationale. Do you get sick directly from the flu shot? No, I don't believe you do. They're not injecting a live pathogen into your body that makes you directly sick. It's not like, gee, I sat on the airplane next to someone who sneezed all over me and I got sick three days later. Right. That's a direct pathogenic result. So I don't believe that. And I think many people do. And that I think is wrong. However, and what I think happened to me and I think happens to a lot of people, and it depends on how delicate your system is, um, barring sensitivities to the particular components of the shot, I think what happens is it is introducing a substance into your body that your body immediately has to build antibodies to, which is where the immunity comes from. So, like I said about when you are on a different sleep schedule, your body is using energy, immune system food, if you will, to set up this antibody reaction in your body. So your body is working overtime. So if you're then exposed to or have anything brewing in your body, you are more likely to catch it and it's more likely to develop rather than being able to fight it off. That, voila, is my logic at least. I am, could be completely wrong, but that is my logic as to why people get sick from the flu shot. So is it sick from the flu shot contents? No, but it's sick from what the flu shot is doing to your body. Um, in the long run, it's going to give you immunity to a really nasty thing, which is the flu, which if you've ever had the flu, uh, you never want it again. And it can kill you. <laughs> um, you know, more likely than Ebola at this point. Um, but in the meantime, your body has to create enough of that immune response within it, and that's a lot of work. And so, as I say, if you're exposed to some pathogen that's strong, like the flu virus, or the cold virus, which is a very strong pathogen, or you've already got it brewing, which I believe was probably the case in my body. I probably would have fought it off if I hadn't got the flu shot, because I usually do. Um, in this case, my body was otherwise occupied, plus I traveled again, and my body just said, uh-uh, too much, overload, you're getting this one. And the little virus bugs took over. So um, it was actually a friend of mine who said to me, okay, Miss Health, <laughs> what are you going to do about it? So I wrote a post on my blog about it, and I'm talking about it on my show today because hopefully some of these tips will help people um, either fight off 
the cold that might catch them, or at least reduce the misery once you get the cold. So um, I was particularly pleased with, <laughs> in the post on the web, I put, um, I, I had found this picture of a sheep who, first of all, looks like a really muddled sheep anyway. It's not like its nose is sideways. And it, it just looks like I felt when I had a cold. So that may be worth taking a look at. <laughs> it's just a really funny image. But it, it feels like I felt, which was like someone had stuffed cotton wool everywhere. You know, I haven't had a cold in years, so I had forgotten how absolutely miserable they are. So, you know, what I say, I just want to run through this so that we all are very clear. Hand washing, big thing. Do it and you will be less likely to get your cold. These are very simple. And the immune boosting things you can do so that it doesn't take hold. So those are things we've talked about a lot and, you know, you can look those up and we can talk about it another time. But once you have the cold, how are you going to fight it? So one of my favorite things to do is it's, it's a fire cider remedy. It's not fire cider per se, because fire cider is actually a thing that you let steep for over the course of a couple of weeks. But it's my version of a fire cider remedy, which is apple cider vinegar. Uh, all this is, is on the post, but uh, apple cider vinegar honey in equal proportions, so like a tablespoon of each. You mix that up together and raw organic honey, thank you, which still has all of the nutrients in it. Otherwise, you're getting processed stuff that doesn't have anything that's going to help you other than be too sweet. So one-to-one -one honey, apple cider vinegar, about a tablespoon, uh, about a quarter of a tablespoon of cayenne pepper, a teaspoon, excuse me, a quarter of a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, and about a quarter of a teaspoon, quarter half a teaspoon of uh, diced minced garlic. Yum. You mix it all up. I always add a little extra water because it, it's just so strong. And I drink that down. And I, I, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it'll kill the cold. <laughs> That's my theory. But there's a lot of, you know, it's a, it's a pretty well-known elixir. And I, I really do think Would you call that, that an elixir? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's okay. like an elixir. It's like a curing thing. Um, so there's that. Then, and this I believe is very important, the visualization during my morning meditation. So I do a meditation every morning. And if you don't, then simply sit, close your eyes, imagine that you can visualize little nasty cold cells. I always make them look like... Um, irascible me. That's what they look like to me. Little creatures who are just these, they're in there trying to take over the world and you visualize nice, good, fabulous. I always think of it as a gloopy substance that surrounds them and neutralizes them and kills them. But you can do whatever you want. Just visualize. Literally, there's a battle inside of you on the cellular level. Vanquish the little buggers. There is an herb, an Ayurvedic herb, called trifala, which is a tonifying digestive uh, compound, which I take a lot at night because it helps keep everything regular and working properly. And so I take it anyway. But in times of stress like a cold, I add to that. So instead of just one tablet at night, which is what I usually do, I will take one in the morning and two at night. Another really great little cure-all is a honey turmeric paste because now turmeric is the anti-inflammatory to end all and it's an antiviral. And you, I take about a quarter teaspoon of that powder, which will stain anything it touches, so careful there. But turmeric paste in honey, mix it up into this paste, 
put a teaspoon of it on your spoon and just lick it off the spoon. And I will do that a couple of times a day. Now, too much of that and you will get the runs, so careful about that. But it's a really good virus buster, old-fashioned Ayurvedic virus buster. Ginger tea with lemon as often as I can. So, you know, just keep the liquids flowing. So whatever you're you want to drink, drink, but I happen to love that. And ginger has these anti-inflammatory heating sinus clearing properties. So that's, you know, uh, hydration, but careful because I have clients who tell me I'm drinking, I'm drinking. But what they're drinking is cold, sugary, or caffeinated beverages. That do not hydrate. That do not hydrate. They have a diuretic effect a lot of times. And they're full of so much stuff and gunk that you're not helping your cold. So no, that pumpkin chai latte is not helping you. (laughs) First of all, the milk product is not going to help your mucus production. The sugar is what feeds the virus. The cold, cold drinks, heaven forbid, because they just keep everything as mucusy and stilted as it can be. So you want to be heating up this mucus and getting it out of your system. So um, lots of sleep. You know, here's another one. Oh, I'm the Energizer Bunny because I'm taking Sudafed and, and, you know, shoving Afrin up my nose. So I'll just do my regular schedule. No. If you have a bad cold, you do what you have to do because you have obligations at work or wherever, and then you rest. You take a nap. You do a yoga nidra. You go to sleep earlier because you're not going to get a great night's sleep no matter how you slice it. You need to keep your head elevated. And before you go to sleep, steam. So you can do this the old-fashioned way. Boil a pot of water on the stove. Turn, here's, turn it off and put a towel over your head and just sit there and inhale that steam. I put a couple of drops of eucalyptus in it. If you're lucky enough to have a steam room, go for it, you know, in, in your gym or maybe even in your house. Otherwise, the old-fashioned pot will do. But be very, very careful because you can easily, if you just shove your head over a recently boiled pot of water with a towel over it, you can burn your face and your nostrils. So be very careful because it gets And your nostrils will already be uh, raw from blowing your nose. Right, right. So, you know, that's just, but it does open the nasal passages. The eucalyptus will help clear. So it's, again, it's this theory of just getting things liquefied and moving. And definitely before sleep, this helps. And another trick which my own daughter reminded me of, is just take some hot towels, even just the hot water from the tap on a washcloth, and place it over your sinuses to just relieve and open those passages from the outside. That works as well. So stand on your head. Well, I'm not a, I don't do a lot of headstands just generally in my practice because I always think my neck gets jammed. But when you have a cold, it's kind of a good thing. You know, it turns things upside down after you've done your steaming and so your sinuses are open and everything's liquid. It gets things running in, you know, another direction. And one of the reasons that a lot of colds turn into sinus infections that require antibiotics is because all that mucus just gunks up and sits in there and hardens and it turns into, it's breeding ground for bacteria and turns into a bacterial infection, which is where you get to antibiotics for a cold because antibiotics are not going to kill a cold. And we don't want to take antibiotics when we don't have to. But I'd say eight times out of 10 in my observation of just, you know, clients and family members, they'll get a sinus infection just because of what I just said. It, you know, everything's sitting in there. And so the cold turns into something viral. 
and then you do have to take an antibiotic. So avoid that. Um, and then once your nasal passages are a little bit clear, the old-fashioned neti pot is, is just, again, to keep things running and moving and getting out of there. Um, and that is, you know, that little pot that you fill with water that's, you know, hot enough that you can tolerate it. So that's like the baby bottle test. You touch the water against your inside of your wrist and it should be not too hot, but certainly a little warmer than room temperature. And you put um, about a quarter teaspoon of salt into that. And it, it should be real sea salt or neti pot salt because you don't want to put iodized salt up your nose. And you can even add a little extra salt because that will liquefy the music mucus more and better, though it may be a little stingy. And I just want to say again about neti, please remember, use distilled water and boil it because you're sticking this up your already potentially infected nose. So just make sure that it's purified. Okay? Really important. I mean, crazy to stick, you know, bad things up your nose, especially when you're sick. So those, that's a long list, and I just ran through it really quickly. It's all, as I said, in the post on my website. But they're all really good, helpful little tricks to combat the common cold. And the other thing to remember is that once the cold starts to recede, don't stop doing all these things because, you know, those little buggers are resilient, viral bugs, and they can just pop back into action. If you don't really rest, 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 and keep liquefying and keep things moving. So that is my... Um, these are the things that you did. These worked. And um, any combination that, uh, that is comfortable or that resonates uh, would probably be your first recommendation for, for, for other people. I mean, I think people definitely have to find their own combination. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, there's a, it's a lot on that list. But right. You'd be surprised. I mean, you know, drinking the tea, ginger tea with lemon and a little honey in it, you know, fine. If you're at work, go to the little tea room and make yourself a cup of ginger tea with honey in it, and there you go. Um, the steaming is very important, but when you get home, or if you're home anyway, you can do it. You just have to set aside that little bit of time. It makes you feel so much better that it's crazy not to do it. I mean, that's one of the more time-consuming things because you got to put the pot on the stove and boil it. Or Well, the first thing I think that, that, that it helps to accept is that the time that you are investing in making yourself feel better is valuable. And I know I, for sure. I, 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 yes, that sounds preposterous, except that um, many people that I speak to well, I'll do that when I get home, <laughs> you know, as they hack on, <sighs> um, infecting as many people as they can. Right. And uh, you, you, there's, there's, there's just I, a, a, a fairly prevalent lack of awareness of other people that I am um, observing when, when it comes to this sort of thing. It's, well, I don't feel well. And then it's automatically, so I got on a train bus, you know, fill it in, and went to the <laughs> store office. To the bowling alley. Bowling. No. Whatever. Because what? 
And that's where I... Well, this is a whole ethical question. I was reading about this, um, I guess, within the Times. There was, because of the Ebola, that doctor who went and did all that Dr. stuff. Dr. Spencer, on the day that right. he on the day that he was feeling slightly off. And right. I asked four people, because to me, it was absolutely... I mean, for me, if I had been doing that, and if I had just gotten back, and <laughs> if there was a day where I just didn't feel quite right... Yeah, you would make the assumption that it's possible. I would start from, you, you know, I wouldn't, I would go, oh boy, I better, I, you know, yes, okay, I don't technically have symptoms, but I'm just slightly off. Right. Well, and but, I would you know, operate here's, from, here's something. But wait one second. People sec. aren't that aware. Yes. But wait one second. Mm. I, so, so from that place, I talked to, it's an unscientific sampling, but I did talk to five people. Five women who were 35, five younger women, 35, between the ages of, let's just say, 35 and 28, Mm -hmm. um, all of whom have uh, very active lives. And uh, some some married, some single, some doesn't matter. To a person, not one of them would have stopped. Not one. Right. And, the, and, and, and these are people who consider themselves you know, fairly aware and who are very concerned. Not, you, not, not one of them would be happy having um, Ebola. Right. And, and if you it, have to get on it, if you're, if you're doing, you know, L.A. and you have to get on a plane and you don't feel really well, well, you go, okay, I'll, I'll do it. It's fine. But if you heard that someone else had done it, you'd be appalled. And that's just human nature. I mean, you know, it's like it's not, not going to happen to me. It's not me. Right. So, and then that goes back to also the, you know, not quite being aware anyway of one's own. Well, or where one fits. I I, I don't think we're doing a whole lot to encourage people to see where they fit into the bigger picture. Yeah. And that's something that, whether it's as simple as a cold or um, complicated as a hemorrhagic fever, it's (laughs) something that, that, starts with a certain amount of self-awareness one way or the other and uh you you know the one thing that people do have some influence over is themselves and that's just one one can only hope but that's that's where you have to start you know if you feel you have no influence over yourself that's that's certainly something there's some place to start yeah Um, and and you definitely need to find someone to talk to about that but, yes, befo- but here's the thing, you know, yes, sorry, I was going to go back to our little killing the cold thing, which well, is, you've you got, know, you've got no matter how seconds. unaware you are, at some point in the beginning of a cold, there's that moment when you go, ooh, I'm getting a cold. Yeah, or I don't feel well, right. Yeah, I mean, you get, and so however late it takes you, let me just say that if you're on the earlier end of that realization and you start doing these things, you're going to kill that cold. Potentially, you could avoid getting the full-blown cold. And... If not, you can at least kick it out quicker. You can sort of destabilize and de- take the power away. You can say from, evict it quicker. Yeah, evict it quicker. I prefer to say kick it's you know what quicker. But You can do you that. Go. Thank um, you very much, Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. Lisa can also be found at lalife, L-A-H, life.com. Thank you.
Come on, I'm so cool. 